to chapel this morning, I want to give you a brief explanation of what today's about and also tell you kind of what Wednesdays are about in general. Um, as we do every Wednesday, we'll come into this place and we'll worship together. But what's that mean exactly for us to gather and worship? What that means is that we, we know theologically that God is available to us all the time, right? That, that we can pray in class and that we can access God uh, no matter where we are because God is, God is all around us all the time. But so often we're not cognizant of God's presence in our lives because we're so busy and we're so distracted. So today, being a Wednesday, you've come into Waco Hall, and my request of you is that we make ourselves available. That in this place we still our minds and we let our minds slow down. Let the wheels in our minds that are thinking about so many things, about the advertisements we just read in the paper and about the assignments that we have, I'm going to ask you to just let those wheels slow down and let God meet you here. So we intentionally are saying to God that we are available, that we're ready. So let's worship this morning. Please join me in this responsive song. As always, I will read the words in light, and you will read the words in bold. Lord Jesus, you promised to transform the world with the light and power of your presence. Listen as we say. Come, Lord, do not delay. Before the world came to be, you are. Come and save us who are in the world. Come, Lord, do not delay. You created the world and all who dwell in it. Come and redeem the work of your hands. Come, Lord, do not delay. Without hesitation, you took on the frailness of our humanity. Come and rescue us from the stronghold of death. Come, Lord, do not delay. You came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Come and give us everlasting life. Come, Lord, do not delay. You desire to gather all people into your kingdom. Come and find those who long to see your face. Come, Lord, do not delay. You stand in our midst, and yet you are unknown. Come and show your face to those who wait for you. Come, Lord, do not delay.
from Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're going to sing a hymn this morning that I think you'll be familiar with. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we sing, if you're able, so that we can sing the words, Great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing this together. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not thy compassion. They just be the choir in this place this morning and sing as loudly as we can, as fully as we can, and we're actually going to get a little softer up here so that we can hear the third verse uh, echo around the room. 
pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Let's sing that together. that we hope you find here at Baylor is an intellectual community animated by the Christian faith. While you're likely to encounter all kinds of ways that this is lived out, especially in the various classes you take, the books you read, the conversations you have with teachers and fellow students, there are other opportunities to be a part of Baylor's intellectual life through special lectures, exhibits, and conferences. One notable conference held each year at Baylor is called the Baylor Symposium on Faith and Culture. Directed by the Institute for Faith and Learning, it gathers students and scholars from Baylor and indeed all over the world to think about important matters from the perspective of the Christian faith. This year's symposium begins tomorrow afternoon and runs through Saturday. Its topic is human dignity and the future of healthcare. Our symposium is drawing scores of doctors, nurses, chaplains, hospital administrators, philosophers, theologians, legal scholars, social workers, economists, historians, medical missionaries, and students like you to think about the future of healthcare. Our participants are coming from all over the United States and elsewhere, including Canada, Great Britain, and Africa. We'll ask questions like these. What are the proper aims of medical research and technology? How do we offer health care to the poorest among us, both here at home and far away? How do we understand illness and vulnerability? How do we educate the next generation like you, who may become good doctors? The notion of human dignity, that is, who we are most essentially as human beings, is fundamental to understanding such questions 
And so our conference takes seriously the idea that dignity, properly understood, can help us navigate some of these important questions. I want you to know that you are warmly and enthusiastically invited to come and join us tomorrow and Friday and Saturday for this conference. Most all of our events will be in the sub. All the lectures and presentations are available, are free and open to all Baylor students, faculty and staff. There's more information available at our website at baylor.edu IFL. So I really hope that you can join us. One of our invited speakers at this year's symposium is bringing the devotional this morning, and it's my honor to introduce her. Dr. Kay Toons is Associate Professor of Philosophy Emeritus at Baylor, where she taught from 1990 until her retirement in 2001. The author of several books and dozens of articles, her writings focus in a personal and moving way on illness and disability, the care of the chronically ill, the challenges of incurable illness, the meaning of vulnerability, and the relationship between healthcare professionals and patients. In her most recent work, she has explored the meaning of illness and vulnerability in the context of intentional Christian community. Dr. Toombs, herself a Baylor graduate before earning a PhD in philosophy from Rice University, is an extraordinary teacher who for many years co-taught a pioneering course in medical humanities titled Literary and Philosophical Perspectives on Medicine. Students who took the course, many of whom have gone on to careers in medicine, were forever changed by Dr. Toombs' honesty and insight and the way that she illuminated questions about the human condition by both her intelligence and her spirit. It is a great gift for all of us this morning to welcome Dr. Kay Toombs. week, a student asked me, how has your faith affected your experience of illness and of sharing the last six months of your husband's life after he was diagnosed with cancer? This morning, I want to reflect on that question. Living with multiple sclerosis for over 30 years has made me aware that God's perspective is very different from mine. When I was diagnosed at the age of 29, I was not a believer. I considered MS to be a tragedy and was sure my life was essentially over and that there was no meaning or purpose to my suffering. However, looking back, I can now clearly see that rather than being a tragedy, my illness has been a gift and an opportunity. A gift in the sense that it gave me the focus for my life's work. I would not have written about the experience of illness and the care of patients or taught medical humanities courses or be speaking at this conference if I had not been diagnosed with MS. And I have had unimagined opportunities to travel and speak to thousands of healthcare professionals and patients about how to promote wholeness, healing, even when cure of disease is not a possibility giving them hope and a new way of seeing. Clearly, the Lord had a different view about the significance of my illness than I did. 
recognizing this difference in perspectives has helped me to trust that God sees the whole picture in every situation, even when we do not understand where the path is leading. This trust carried my husband and me through his illness. We knew we could not rely on our own understanding that we had to cry out to God. We were reminded of the Garden of Gethsemane. In his agony, Jesus prayed, May this cup be taken from me. But he finished his prayer with the words, Not my will, but thine be done. From a human perspective, the cross seemed to be an unspeakable tragedy. Yet it brought about the ultimate triumph of the power of love overcoming the power of death. When we pray Jesus' prayer and surrender control to God, we experienced a supernatural grace that really did give us the peace that passes all understanding. We also held fast to the hope that is ours by virtue of our Christian faith. We believe that physical death is not the end of the story in God's eternal purposes. As my dying husband shared, this is not the end, it's a new beginning. Scripture tells us that God sees the end from the beginning. In his faithful provision, seeing ahead, the Lord led me in 1998 to become part of Homestead Heritage, a Christian community here in Waco. Nine years later, when my husband became ill, the Lord gave me this scripture from the book of Esther. You have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I felt the truth of the scripture in two ways. He brought me to the kingdom. I became a believer so I could truly care for my husband at the end of his life. And he brought me to his kingdom so we would go through this trial in the midst of God's people a people committed to living according to Jesus' ethic of self-sacrificial love, an ethic conveyed in the commandment, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Throughout Dee's illness, we were held in the embrace of the loving community, in the meals prepared, in the prayers said, in the agonized telephone calls returned in the middle of the night, in the hands that washed Dee's body and provided round-the-clock care, in the tears we shared, and in the gatherings around the bedside. We really could say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I can attest to the truth of the song, Love lifted me when nothing else would help. Love lifted me. It was love that brought me to God and showed me his face when I was searching for meaning in my life. And this event was another instance that seemed at first to be a bad thing. I was visiting friends and my wheelchair overturned and I fell off a wheelchair ramp. After my friends picked me up, they asked if they could pray for me. When they started praying, I felt this incredible love, a love like I had never felt before surrounding me and enveloping me and I felt God speak to me and he said this love is who I am and you don't have to figure everything out in your mind you just need to decide whether or not you want to accept this gift I'm giving to you 
do you want it? And I said, yes, I want it. And I felt like a huge weight fell off my shoulders and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is real. In that instant, my life changed. I could hear the voice of Jesus calling, won't you come and follow me? Following him, listening to his voice, heeding his word, obeying his commands, is a lifelong journey of discipleship that has given me a greater understanding of the meaning of illness, allowing me to share with others how Christian values promote wholeness in the face of illness. Christianity does not turn its face away from the agony of personal suffering. Central to its message is the reality of the cross. As Christians, we serve a God who endured the experience of suffering, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The God of love is Emmanuel, which means God with us. We are comforted knowing that we are not alone in our suffering. Also, as the Lord told the Apostle Paul when he prayed three times that the thorn in his flesh might be removed, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In imitating Christ, we are called to accept the givens in our lives, including sickness and suffering. Jesus tells us to pick up our cross and follow him every single day. We do so trusting that nothing, tribulation, distress, persecution, peril, death, life, things present, nor things to come shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And when I think of God's perspective and the path that he set out for me, that was not a path I would have chosen myself. I know that as for God, his way, not mine, is perfect. And no matter what things may look like from our perspective, if we turn to him and say, God, may you be glorified in every situation, then he will answer in ways we cannot imagine. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. set before us beauty inside new life emerging and doors open wide so let us take what's been given let us bless what we hold let us share what's been broken that the world might be whole. Dreams to awaken, bliss to be played, past 
So now please stand for the benediction. And now, as you go from this place, may the God who comforts you go with you now and bring you such joy and such peace in believing that you overflow with hope and with healing. The power of the Holy Spirit, go in peace. <laughs>